everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 192. Hooray! Yay! 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 <laughs> I think we'll stop there. Well, anyway, oh. we are back after our uh, little hiatus that we had. Yes, yeah. did everyone else enjoy holidays and stuff apart from me? I had a great holiday. <laughs> oh, it was great. I went to a wedding. I ate a lot of food. Portugal's a really nice place. It is, Mean- yes. Meanwhile, I've been working my ass off. <laughs> I, I, will... <laughs> I was in France. I went to Paris and I went to Disneyland. So, um... Disneyland made like... Isn't it? Uh, I tell you the one thing that I did notice though, we went to uh, a shop, and for the life of me now, I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Fnac or Fnac or something like that. It's basically, it's the French Amazon, and they have retail stores oh, throughout the yeah. place. And uh, what I did notice in terms of like video game support is they get a lot more physical media and physical peripherals than we do and yeah so the example that i i seen specifically was with the nintendo switch so you know how if we want to buy a new controller we can get it in the bog standard is it black or gray color yeah yeah yep or we can get it with the you know the the kind of blue and orange color as well and Mm -hmm. we can also get the splatoon one yeah there you can buy a one of the pro controllers for almost a, it's themed to almost every game at every one of the big games that's come out oh geez that's really cool um you can do that with the the kind of the the, the hori style um carry cases mm-hmm. yeah yeah as yeah so i got one um i posted a picture you guys seen it but it's uh it's a carry case and it's got um super mario odyssey on it and you know it's a nice picture of taken from the game uh the zip is actually it's actually cappy is the zip that's cool um yeah and it has a it's got a space for protecting the screen there's a space underneath it to store eight games and there's a pouch to keep your um your straps your controller straps nice yeah and that was it was, I think, twenty-five euros. So you're looking at probably around about the twenty, the, the twenty-pound mark here. That's not bad at all. Yeah. But you can get that case in the style of Zelda. There's two Splatoon design, designs. There was a Mario Rabbids design. There, there was Mario Kart. Uh, there was like two or three Mario Kart designs there as well. Um, yeah, like I was saying, almost every game that comes out you can buy licensed peripherals to go with it that's cool that is pretty cool yeah i've seen some of those cases like online but i've never seen any of them in shops here well i i was looking kind of because i thought shit i wonder why we've not seen them and even looking on the likes of amazon you know on the uk amazon Mm. i didn't see half as many as you can get And yeah. I didn't see the ones that I, you know, these ones are not, they're not hurry. They're not, um, 
you know, any of the other peripheral companies. These are Nintendo, Nintendo-made products. It's crazy. Yeah, it's official-made products. It's very, very strange. Um, and then one of the coolest ones I've seen, and I sent a, I think I sent a picture of it to you guys as well. It's like a carry case for the Switch, and it slips inside it, and yeah. it's a green, it's a green inkling. It's the little squid. <laughs> so I have seen Give... that one online because I almost bought that one instead of the right. in case that I did get. Because I was like, "That's real dumb. I want that." <laughs> yeah, that oh, yeah it was... like your logic. <laughs> it it was really awesome. You know, I had it in my hands, and it was like, "This is completely fucking impractical." Now, because you know, you'd obviously you'd need another sort of case for the game for the console to sit in, but it doesn't fit. Now, if it if it did, if it fitted, if another carry case fitted inside it, I would have I would have bought two of them. Yeah, <laughs> or possibly three. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, the other thing that I noticed as well was physical media, physical games. Yeah. Um, again, the Switch was the my main reference point because that was what I was looking at. Was yeah. you can pick up almost every game that's come out on physical media so that the i noticed there was a couple of games here that are digital only there they're not digital only that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah um i'm not too sure why or what you know what the reasoning was but yeah it just seems that they have a lot more choice um now that might be it might be because these guys are you know they're working competition with amazon and i'm just going into one of the stores i don't know but it was it was refreshing to see um and interesting yeah i noticed the same thing on i just what they were offering in terms of the playstation 4 stuff as well there was a lot more bundles yeah uh you know you can buy the playstation combined with any number of games the you know it's pick your poison what kind of package would you like uh, and here, you know, we get a choice of one or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, again, it wasn't a third party. It wasn't like game, you know, buy this, this, and this combined, and we'll give you a special price. This was all in one box, branded, you know, official Sony product. So, yeah, just interesting to see how the the marketing and the selling of the consoles work on in a different country as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. But, um, yeah, with uh, that, uh, shall we uh, talk about some video games and maybe some board games later on? Yeah, sure. That, that seems to be the done thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so, uh, let's have a look and see what we've got. Kieran, you have, uh, you've been getting into the new Assassin's Creed game? Yeah, I, I've played... Uh, first couple hours of it, kind of got through the tutorial area of it. Um, I'm quite liking that so far. Right. It's um, Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm playing on PS4. Uh huh. And they, you know, they took a year off from Assassin's Creed. They didn't release one last year. And I think that time was well spent. Like it was a good idea for them to do that because this definitely seems like a bigger jump in quality than. The previous games, like I didn't right, really okay. like Syndicate that much. I just found it a bit boring. It was like it mechanically was fine, the world was fine, story was fine, graphics were fine, but it didn't do anything interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Origins is doing some cool stuff. So, like, the control scheme has changed for, like, the first time since, like, Assassin's Creed 2, when they, you know... When they introduced the new control scheme, yeah. Basically. So, like, you don't hold down, you know, the R2 to switch between, you know, like, high-profile and low-profile profile mode anymore. You just... You, there is a duck button that you can use to kind of go into stealth mode and crouch walk and go into long grass and things like that, but there's just one speed of movement. You're just, you know, running around. And to climb stuff, you're not holding R2 and then also holding X to, like, climb up things. You're just holding X. Oh, like, thank it, God! Yeah, it's like it's quite <laughs> a little thing, but, you know, if you've played a lot of Assassin's Creed, it's like... Some the of bane they, of your existence is yeah. what it is. Because as those games kept going, they were like, oh, you just need to hold... You have to hold R2 all the time, and you're like, why? It's like, because you always have. That's, that's what you do. Um, hold X to climb stuff. Oh, you want to go through a window? Well, hold R2 and X, and uh, also you want to hold... Oh, it was something else. You had to like press R3 or something stupid like that to go through windows in Unity. Um but whatever, they just kept like adding things on, so it'd be like, oh, you're holding like four buttons to do a thing, great. And they've simplified all that. Everything is much more streamlined, feels a lot more modern. Um, the combat is completely different now as well. They took out, like, they kept going closer and closer to like the kind of Batman style combat. With, yeah, like, they did. And, stuff. Uh, and they've backed away from that, so now you've just got. R1 does a light attack, R2 does a heavy attack, L1 blocks, or maybe L2, one of the L buttons blocks, and uh, if you press circle while you're blocking, you can do a parry. And it's like... Okay. It's kind of like a light Dark Souls-y combat, or something like Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, which actually, it's weird. Like This game feels like Ubisoft went to the drawing board with Assassin's Creed, they were like, okay, we need to, you know, Syndicate didn't do amazingly. So we need to change things up a bit so that people play these games again. So, yeah, what games have come out recently that we can borrow ideas from? Or are <laughs> coming out soon that we can borrow ideas from? So, like, the open world is massive. And the way you traverse it, like, with um, the way that your horse control, or your horse or your camel controls... It feels very much like The Witcher 3, and the way that like side quests are kind of laid out throughout the world is just very reminiscent of that. Um, the combat is very similar to Dark Souls or Horizon Zero Dawn. The stealth is actually really similar to how Horizon Zero Dawn handled it as well, with the you can go into crouch walk mode to be quieter, and then also if you're in grass, you're even quieter than that. They brought back the whistle that they had in previous games so you can just go into grass and whistle and people will come up and then you fucking murder them. Um, right. And it just controls really well. Like, they did a good job. They, you know, patched up the issues with that game series. Uh, I've climbed up a bunch of stuff and not had the, you know, the usual issue with Assassin's Creed games where, you know, you try to climb up and go down or vice versa. That, that's fixed, finally, just by getting rid of holding R2, as it turns out. Uh, so that's that's good. Like they've, they've made a lot of improvements to that game. And it's also really pretty, which also helps. So this one's set in ancient Egypt. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on the time period. It's like, they keep talking about like the, the Greek Empire, but I 
think it's kind of towards the end of that, towards the start of Romans taking over, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. Um, like I'm pretty sure okay. Cleopatra's in that game, which would put it kind of predominantly in the Romans are invading everything point in time. So I, but I've not got far enough to see any of that stuff. Like my next goal is, hey, you should go to Alexandria, and it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. Here, their library's nice. I'll go do that. I wonder if I'll get to set on fire. That'd be all right. Um, someone's got to do that. I'm sure at some point uh-huh. I'll knock the nose <laughs> off the Sphinx or something. Because that's how Assassin's Creed works. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're yeah. responsible yeah. for doing some sort of shit. Yeah. I've not seen any pyramids yet. But I have I have it on good authority that they exist. So, Both in real life and in this game. So, <laughs> no, they were put here by aliens. <laughs> I heard they're for storing grain. That's that's what I heard. Um, but yeah, like it's good that they have kind of got that series back on track. Well, I guess it's maybe a bit early to you know say that, but this one is good. <laughs> Hopefully, going forward, they continue to be good like this. And I'm looking forward to playing more of it because again, I've only played like the tutorial area where because you start off again kind of similar to The Witcher Three. You start off in like a kind of village area that has a bunch of side quests and stuff like that around it, and it's got like a small open world to explore. And then once you do that stuff, it's like, hey, we're going to throw you into the real open world. And then you zoom out, and it's like, oh, this this map's real big, as it turns out. So, yeah. Assassin's Creed Origin seems like it's going to be a good game, but I need to play more of it. Right. Yeah. Um, Mike. Yes. You've been playing a game that I really want to play. It's the only of the games that you have played that I haven't played, actually. Just <laughs> Gran Turismo Sport. Oh, yes, yeah. So I picked it up and uh, I played a little bit when I when it arrived. And then, obviously, I was away on holiday and stuff, so I've not played that much since. But what I have played of it, I'm really enjoying uh it feels it's got a lot of feel for you know going back to kind of a grand turismo one two and three mm-hmm. a lot more simulation so, yes yeah um so the the first thing that you notice is uh the opening movie i don't know if you've seen it on youtube have you looked for it or anything like that i've not seen the opening movie i've only seen the movies that you have to set through to play online right which are is hilarious that that is a thing it's some real fucking like it's <laughs> some real fucking like corporate like HR shit where it's like you've got to do these so that you can you know get access to our email system it's like what the fuck are you doing yes and it's like you know the whole thing that makes super that makes motorsport so great is this sportsmanship yeah, and you get this fucking lecture on sportsmanship this fucking Lewis Hamilton t- <laughs> talking about sportsmanship for five minutes and he doesn't tell you what sportsmanship is he's just like oh you gotta be a good sport because you don't want to look bad it's like what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah um but yes yeah, so the, the opening movie is uh it's not as good as say Gran Turismo 2 was is but it as long it's... as Gran Turismo 5 because Gran Turismo famously had like a, it was like 20 minutes long the fucking intro movie uh, it's close <laughs> <laughs> it's quite close to it um, but yes it's it's good um, 
and then you get into the gameplay now the gameplay is quite strange because remember how you would used to play and you would go you and the first thing you had to do was you had to get your licenses mm-hmm. and your licenses would allow you to take part in events and series and things like that yeah yeah yeah. This doesn't do that. What it does is there's the arcade mode, which you can dive straight into, and you can go to a certain tracks that are unlocked from the beginning, and you can uh, do a race, and you can choose what you know, whatever your your poison's going to be. Is it three, four laps, and what kind of cars you're going to do it in? Uh, then you get the campaign. The campaign is split into three sections so far that I've played. There's the driving school, which is it's got licenses and license tests, and yeah. they seem to be very similar to the the ones from Grand Turismo One, Two, and Three, um, except I found them a little bit easier. Now I don't know if that is because they are actually easier, or were that used to playing simulation racing games. Yeah, it could be. But you, I, you've been playing a lot of them recently, Mike. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so that's fine. You've got the, the driving school ones and the, you know, it's um, start the car from a standstill, launch the car and get from A to B within a certain time. Then it's, uh, then it's braking. Then it's cornering and all sorts of cornering and doing... You know, coming out of the apex and finding the apex of a corner and all, kind of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've played any of the Gran Turismo games, you know exactly what that is. The next section is they've got missions. And the way the mission challenge works is they've got stages. So there is eight stages. Each stage has eight subsections. So the first stage, for example, is all to do with kind of like roadsters, Uh, type cars Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first one is a race between you know you're racing another car of the exact same make and spec then you're um, you're doing a battle with uh, a Subaru uh, etc etc there's some of them will be full circuit races some of them may be sections of a race uh, depending on what they want you to do on the challenge Uh, Again, there's a gold, silver, and bronze, uh, depending on what you do. Uh, you know, how well you do. Most of the time, it's within a time limit. Um, unless it's a race, then you get the gold medal for coming first. You get the silver medal for coming second. And you get the bronze medal if you come anywhere from position five. Okay. Uh, yeah, so just so you can progress onto the next ones. Uh, the game kind of has like a leveling up system though, which is new for Gran Turismo. So what do, so, you, what do, what do you get points to level up? Like, what, do you get experience just for driving, or is it? Yes, yeah. So or? you get you get experience for driving. So uh, at the end of uh, a race, when you do something, you get uh, you'll get mileage, you'll get experience, and you'll also get money. Money is obviously used to buy cars, and if you're going to do up the cars, to buy bits for the cars. Uh, the mileage thing is, you get a, you get targeted to do a certain mileage every day. If you do that mileage, then you get a bonus car given to you, so you can build up your garage that way as well. Uh, the 
mileage and the experience points also count to there's other little objectives that you have to achieve um, and they're scattered through uh, uh, in an achievement section and so the achievement section may tell you that uh, there's playtime for example to reach level one playtime you have to play six hours if you achieve that then you will get a little boost of bonus and uh, bonus experience and bonus credits mm-hmm. and then you can move up to the next level every time you level up um, which is what the experience does is you earn a car from the garage so essentially you've got three ways of earning cars and putting them in your garage without actually buying them okay so when you yeah when you unlock cars through that is it do you pick the one you want or is it um no what you what happens in this is it's kind of like a little mini roulette wheel there's i think six cars in a circle and there's a spotlight and it you know it flashes on them all and then it stops slowly on one of the cars Okay. And that's the car that you get. So I'm like not too... Forza Horizon does it. A little bit, yeah. Except Forza Horizon but has think, one car uh... and like seven lots of money, and you're like, "What did the car? Why are you doing this?" Yes, yeah. I think um, the way this one works is if you were playing the the game as well, Kieran, and we both hit level one, mm-hmm. I think it the choice of six cars would be the same, but it's random which one we get. Okay, that makes sense. I th- I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's quite good. The other part of the campaign mode then becomes uh, they've got the circuit experience, and this is taking a circuit and it's giving you tips on how to, you know, uh, actively drive through a section. Uh, so it's challenging you to drive through zone one of uh, the Nurburgring. Mm-hmm. And you need to do, you know, it gives you a time again, you know, uh, gold, silver, bronze times to to aim for. Yeah. And that's it for the campaign. So I more, don't know. It's more about kind of teaching you the tracks and stuff rather than. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm what I'm not seeing is the old school, you know, the um, silver cup series and the yeah. all of yeah. I'm I'm not seeing those. I don't know if they're in there or where they are. I have heard that they are not in there at all. And that is kind of the extent of right. the, the campaign. Ah, okay. That it's a very kind of right, okay, well, focused game. Well, that's fair enough. I can live with that. There's the um. Er, also, when you level up as well, you unlock tracks for the arcade mode. So, mm. I think that's the other thing that you can do. Um, the online mode, uh, which they call uh, sport. Yeah. So the, they've got the official online races. So when you go into the sport, and uh, you can go into the race entry, and I'm just doing it now so we can have a look. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, there is currently. There is three races on this race A, B, and C. Um, the the first choice at the moment is in on the Nurburgring, the Grand Prix circuit, and it's one make race. Once you go into it, I'll tell you what the make is, and then you pick the car, and then that's you, and you're off. Uh, there's another race; it's a Grade Four. So the, um, the Grade Four or the grading system is a little bit though. It works the same way as Forza does its. Uh, it's grading system of all the different cars, A class, B class, C class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
and this is what this is um and what happens is you <coughs> excuse me it tells you what time the next race is and you can log in uh and then you can do warm-ups you can warm up and then you can set a time to see what position you'll get on the grid and then you do the race uh the whole sportsmanship thing that happens with this as well is the videos that you're forced to watch tell you you know don't be a dick um you know stick to your racing line don't race multiple lines don't Don't bump into people blah 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 yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. but blah 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 um and that's fine uh but if you should you know if you're racing and you you tailgate somebody use them as your break Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it and you can fuck up somebody's race but you will get penalised and they'll add yeah. time they add time onto your race so although let's say we're racing Paul and you are a complete dick and you run me into the wall and but you manage to overtake me and that's it, you're off um, you'll get penalised I'm not, and I'm not 100% sure uh, how how the severity the, pe- the, the penalties are worked yeah. out um, but I have seen it in effect where I've been racing a couple of races and someone has just, you know, they haven't been racing the same as everyone else and they end up at the bottom of the queue. You know, they'll be ahead of me by four or five places, but in the final rankings, when it comes to handing out the gold and official, you know, the official record shows that they're in last place. So it's, yeah, it is. It's quite interesting. Um, it's like a... a- I wonder if it's like a kind of time thing, like a penalty, like you know, like F one does or something, where you know if you get penalised, yeah. like you have to, you know, slow down for five seconds, or if it forces it, like Drive Club did, or Drive Club had that. Cause remember, at launch, Drive Club had a lot of that stuff, and then they nerfed it all because people complained. Where yes, it was, yeah. Oh, you took this corner and you went off the track slightly. You're going to be slowed down for ten seconds. And it's like that. No, oh. it's it. It's not slowing down. It just adds time onto your final race oh, okay. result. So it's just, yeah, uh, yeah just kind of F one style penalty. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So there's uh, there's other there's like nations cups and things that are, uh, you know, you're racing uh, and it's championship schedules. These are just new, and there's one of them opening today. I'm not a hundred percent sure how it works. I might have a go at them and have a look. Um, it seems to be, oh, it seems to be on certain days there will be. Uh, so, for example, on the the fourth of November. So it's actually this one's a bit out of date, but the fourth of November there was the the test test season one round one, and that was at a. A part uh, one of the circuits, and you could only race in grade four cars. Hmm. Then the next part of the season, the series, is grade three cars. The part of the series that's taking place today is um, oh BMW i3s, the 2015 ones, and they're racing at Brands Hatch. All right, so, cool. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. And because when you start, you create a profile, you select your nationality, you can select the country that you're in, or you can select whatever you want. So I selected British, and uh, so I am going to be representing Britain in this Nations Cup. Ah, that is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I think, yeah, I think you're right, Kieran, that the the online stuff is a bit, it's got a bit more meat on its bones, and it's, I quite like the sound of that. So I'll give it a little bash and see how it goes. It is, it's quite strange racing online because everyone is it does feel like everyone's watching what they're doing to make sure they don't bump into everyone yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know they're trying to race as clean as possible because well let's face it we've all done it in a racing game where you just get bored and you go fuck it oh yeah definitely <laughs> you know you, you bomb it down the straight and you go i don't need to ne- use my brakes there's somebody in front of me they're my brakes <laughs> yeah everyone, yeah every, we've all played online and you know one of those races in like forza or something where everyone crashes into everyone in the first corner yes yeah oh yeah definitely yeah um, but this one, no, everyone is actively trying not to do it, and it's a little bit of a surreal feeling. Um, but yes, I have enjoyed the little bit that I've played. The game has a lot of weird things in it as well, so there's something called Scapes. I don't know if you guys have heard about this? Uh, no. So, no. Um, so the game is, if you've seen any of the visuals uh, or any videos, the game is absolutely fucking stunning. It's one of the best driving games I've ever seen. Um, but it's got this thing called scapes and what happens is there is you go load it up and there's a whole load of things or locations that you can pick so there's paris portugal japan uh there's other different like categories and things so let's say you pick paris and you can pick um a picture so there's a picture here of the arc de triomphe and it's a you know, it's a, a 4K picture, looks absolutely stunning, uh, and it arrives on your screen. And then you can take one of the cars from your garage and you can put it, You, it's basically fancy Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And you can take yeah. the car and you can manipulate it. You can put just one car in the section so it looks like, you know, you're, uh, like it's a car, uh, you know, from the car's brochure. Or you can create like an action scene. You can have cars, you know, a couple of cars uh, racing each other or behind each other, next to each other, however you want to put it, put them on. And you can uh, put them further in the background or you can bring them right to the forefront. You can choose whether their headlights are on, whether they're indicating, uh, is there any kind of shine on the wheels. You can then go into the photo and you can make it sepia you can make it black and white you can put motion blur on it also all these sorts of things and then you save it and you can either post it to facebook or you can just save it that's it that is all you can do with this thing this thing looks fucking absolutely amazing it's gorgeous but it's got fuck all use yeah (laughs) they had a similar thing to that in grand turismo 5 right it's just the same thing like basically same idea and it's just like why is this here and but they make this big thing about it you know the first time you create a uh, when you create one of these scapes yeah you get so much you know you get extra bonus money and all sorts of shit but and it's clear that you know if it hasn't been clear from all the the six previous games that these guys have made these guys are just absolutely crazy about cars they love cars yeah and this, it's it's a silly, stupid thing, but I couldn't help but when I seen it, I went, "Wow, f-, you know, that's that's quite good." And I showed it to to the wife. I showed it to Anne as well, and she 
she went yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> completely useless but yeah pretty cool yeah yeah uh so yes i am quite impressed with it so far um the gameplay i haven't really spoken much about the gameplay it's all been <laughs> about the modes and everything that it does it plays really well um i think it handles better than forza 7 at the moment that's, high praise yeah that's high praise high yeah. praise so uh yeah it, uh, I, it's going to be very interesting conversations when we do game of the year and it comes to racing game because it's been an absolute stinker of a year for games it, it really has I mean it's going to be a pretty short conversation I don't know what you're talking about we're just going <laughs> to go wipe project out Omega cars. On... yeah project cars too <laughs> yeah I because of the glitches I so. I haven't played that yet. That I think that's the only one I haven't played. If I'm brutally honest, uh, I think the only racing game I played this year was Wipeout. Really? <laughs> no, I lie, because I played F Zero in my Super Nintendo Mini. <laughs> that, came out, that came out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Some Mario but, Kart. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah, really enjoying it, Kieran. You should check it out. I think yeah, you would I'll like. It I think you'd really like it. It's really good, so that's cool. Paul, you've been playing some stuff as well. Um, I have. I haven't played as much as either of you two, but I have played some <laughs> stuff. I think. Uh, go and tell us about. Uh, there's one you've played that we've all played. I think we'll leave that for the now. But why? Okay. In the meantime, why don't you tell us all about Mario Kingdom Battle? I will, or Mario or... and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yes. Yeah, I I just read the uh, <laughs> the the short and abbreviated version that you put down in the document. Yes, yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I um I finished the other game that we'll probably all talk about later on, and I stuck this straight in. I currently have this on rent, and I'm like, this is going to absorb a large chunk of time, and I'm going to put it in and just use it to decide whether I'm going to buy the game or not, rather than hold on to it for that length of time. I've been playing it since around Monday. Um, I don't know. I, I think both of you have played it, yeah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How did either of you play it? Did you jump in and put a lot of time into it? Or are you doing it the same way I'm doing it, where you're jumping in and you're playing a couple of battles a night until you get beat and then putting it down? Um, the at, at the beginning, I played quite a bit of it. I think I did the first three kind of bits uh in a one and then i was playing on my way to work and then i would come home and play a little bit after work uh and i did that for a couple of days and then i got sucked into splatoon 2 and the world the world ended yeah basically i I, because i I had all the games at the one time you know i was jumping between a lot of them but yeah i so i kind of done a little bit of both of what you're asking i think yeah, Fair enough. Fair it's basically the same. Like I started playing it, you know, in massive chunks, and then kind of got burnt out on it. And it's like, ah, I'll just do a battle at a time here and there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I first night I must have, I did the whole of the tutorial in about half of zone one in one night. And I just the game's so good. It's so fun. It's so stupid. It's so silly. All the little noises and sounds and the background stuff and you can go and talk to some of the rabbits that are floating around in the background that you would, wouldn't even think about talking to. 
you just think they were background. Well, at least I did at, to a point think they were just background landscape. Yeah, that's fair. But no, no, you can walk up to them and talk to them, and or at least like get some inform, you know, like a, a little quip from uh, your talking Roomba. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the game's just so fun. It's taking the XCOM premise, making it silly. But not taking out any of the depth well, of the, the tactical depth. I'd say they took out some of the depth, but I think it's still got enough left. Yeah, definitely. Really um, and it's got its own fun things, like they've been able to boost jump and extend where you can land. And it's just a super, super fun. I'm not, honestly, not that far in it. I'm just at the end of zone one. I was actually doing that before we started recording, um, where you fight a big rabbit who chucks bananas at people, um, which is rather fun. But he beat me four times. That the game is no, not it's not super easy. Um, which you'd expect from a Mario game. Well, you wouldn't expect it to be super easy, but you'd expect it to be easy enough from a Mario game. Yeah, it definitely also gets harder and harder the further you get. In. Yeah, no, I can imagine, and I I will put my hand up and admit straight away, I have used the, um, I don't know if you've ever, either used to, have ever got to the point where you've failed a couple of times and it's offered you easy mode? Uh, no. Um, it offers you easy mode every time you go in, but I've never used it. I've used it twice now. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I've used it twice for some of the battles with the big rabbits that carry the big giant boulders to smack you in the head. Oh, uh, well. Could I get used to those, man? Cause yeah, no, I'm assuming they appear <laughs> everywhere. They're, they're in the game quite a lot. Yeah, no, they're they're not even a bad enemy. They're a pretty stock enemy, but... Oh, you know, yes, the, they The second time you encounter them, I think I had to use easy mode because I'd lost a lot of health in the previous like round and I hadn't gained any back. Okay. So I was running around and everyone was under 100 health. And those guys can smash your face for 100 health so yeah i've used that a couple of times it does make it a little easier um but not super super easy it's just it's fun it's quirky it's got a decent level of depth of like XCOM tactics in it the upgradable weapons and the the special modes like the the honey shot where you can stick an opponent and so they can't move next turn and stuff like that's really fun you try and figure out how to use those tactically but then you're also not guaranteed that they're going to happen so it's more of a luck factor an rng factor in those which is slightly annoying but i'm assuming you can upgrade your weapons later on to a point where you're getting a higher chance of those things happening uh yeah you get the weapons as you go further on just kind of increase in percentage it's kind of weird because at least the point that i've got on it they never do the thing that most games do where it's like well here's the weapon that has a higher percentage chance of doing their kind of special thing and then here's the one that just does more damage but still has a low percent they just kind of bump everything up slowly as you go yeah, I've noticed that. So, yeah. so be like, uh, this I've... next tier of weapons does twenty more damage, and also has five percent extra chance of doing the honey effect. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. No, I've noticed that because I just upgraded my weapons as well. Um, so I think 
I don't know if that makes is going to make the game easier going forward, or if it's just leveling in tandem with how hard the game gets. Uh, it's more the latter. It kind of just keeps it the same difficulty. Yeah, no, I thought that I did. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be an easy game to beat, but there's also a hell of a lot of content in there by the looks of it. A yes. lot. Yeah, it, sound, it seems like it's going to be a long game, so... Yeah, I'm only just through Zone 1, which is the Garden Zone? Forest yeah. Zone? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I do like some of the cool little puzzles, like the one in there where you need to hit the buttons to get the pipe to line up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, I, there's I, a bunch of those. Yeah. I, I do like that they put those kind of little puzzles in between the actual battles. just to get Yeah, it's not, to just, it's not just run between battle. There's a bit more... <laughs> bit more depth in it than that there's a little i've not seen any kind of base building yet like there is an XCOM. yeah they don't really do that but there is a lot of stuff you can do around peach's castle like the museum and the all the stuff that's there and the i've just unlocked the washing machine to go back and try other levels all right yeah that's uh, just a redo battles that you've done before all right okay um so yeah i've not played that much of it but i'm thoroughly enjoying it and it might make an appearance in my game of the year list. Yeah. I'll see see what I, I need to go back through and kind of <laughs> level out things and where they're going to land with what I've played this year and what I've enjoyed. But this is definitely up there, 100% yeah. in contentions for something that's on my game of the year list. And I didn't actually expect much when it first got announced and i didn't expect much even when it came out until you had both played it mm -hmm. right and then i kind of knew to expect it to be fun going in but i didn't expect it to be as much fun as i'm finding it right yeah it's it is a really good game i enjoyed my time with it and i think kieran and i spoke quite a bit about it when we first played it as well yeah yeah um so it's yeah definitely stick with it um I need to play a lot more of it because I got to, I think I got a little bit further when, than you are now. I beat the the first kingdom and I've just unlocked the second kingdom. So I need to crack on with it. Yeah. Yeah. I have kind of made the executive decision that I'm going to buy it because it's, nice. it feels like it's going to be one of those games that I'm going to drop in and out of. I'm not going to sit down and, plow a lot of time into mainly because i don't have a lot of time to plow into something at the moment to sit down and finish that in like a sitting or two sittings or and i don't think it's a game that's available gives you the availability to do that either right there's a lot more depth to it than to be able to sit down and finish it and say a couple of sessions or a week or so so definitely going to pick it up and use it as one of those drop in drop out thoroughly enjoyable games right it's definitely good for that. Yeah. Well, that's the way you say you've been playing it, Kieran. So, yeah. so if it's proven to work like that, then I'll happily <laughs> use it like that. Kieran approved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to get stampers, Kieran approved. <laughs> There's uh, quite a few of the games on the on the Switch have been working that way for me as well. Um, there's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's I yeah, can... that is definitely that way as well. I was going to hold this statement to Game of the Year, but... I'm I'm just gonna fling it out there now. I've played more Switch this year than I've played PS4. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 
Uh, yeah, but could... coming from me, that's more of a revelation. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting there. I've definitely bought more things on the Switch than the PS4, and I bought a lot of stuff on the PS4 this year. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um... maybe I did play more games on the PS or longer time on the PS4 just because near the Horizon was pretty big. Yeah, Although Zelda yeah. is actually probably bigger than both. So actually, no, never mind. <laughs> I retract that statement. Yeah, Zelda was massive enough that I think I played more Zelda than I played anything on the PS4. I have not even beat the first boss in Zelda yet. I, uh, oh, I've yet to play more than three minutes of that game. I think <laughs> Zelda is still like kind of tied with Nier as like the front runner for my game of the year this year. Wow! Now you're giving, now you're giving it away. <laughs> spoilers those two will probably be number one and number two on my list unless you know assassin's creed gets really good that's fair that's fair anyway talking about switch you've both been playing a switch game which i'm assuming you're both playing on switch but i know that came out on 3ds as well fire emblem warriors which one do you want that. to talk about first i don't know what my 3ds is <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I can talk about it a bit, I guess. Um, yeah, Fire Emblem Wars is a Dynasty Wars game, but with Fire Emblem characters. There you go. That's, yes, yeah, that's that, kinda, that is it. Fair enough. It has permadeath, which is a neat idea for a Dynasty Wars game. So if your character dies in a battle, they're dead, <laughs> which is bizarre, but. I feel like as a result, the game is like they force you to you can like jump between characters, which I've not played a lot of the more recent Dynasty Wars games, so I don't know if that's something that they introduced to the series as a whole. But at the very least, like um, the last, the one I, I played was Zelda, and it didn't have. That. I I I think so. The um the Hyrule Warriors one did. Did it? Yes. Yeah, you oh, can man, jump between the characters. It actually uh, encouraged you to do it at one point. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, um, yes, yeah, it encouraged you to do it. Okay. So I, I think it is something that is being carried out through the other games. Yeah. It seems pretty essential in this game though, because it's got like the, it's got the fire emblem style of, uh, you know, the rock paper scissors thing of, uh-huh. you know, lances beat swords and swords beat axes and axes beat lances which basically you know translates into they each do more damage to each other so you can still just go and button mash and it doesn't actually matter that much it matters more for your AI characters so they'll be running around and you'll just get a thing where like oh you know Krom is low on health because he's being attacked by a bunch of spearmen and you're like oh yeah. well need to go help him. Yeah because you yeah, you don't want to leave your uh, your winged riders in front of a bunch of archers. That's just yeah. be dead. Minutes. That one, yeah, that one is the one that I've found is the most deadly. Like, yeah. Of all of them, like if you go up to, if you have a sword and you go fight a guy that has a spear, you'll you'll still win easily. Like it's not it's not even going to be close. Yes. Yeah. And if you have a sword and you go fight a guy that has an axe, you'll beat them pretty. You'll beat them faster than the spear guy, but not that much faster. Like it's not. Uh-huh. it's not like super super one-sided but if you are playing as an archer and you shoot a character that is on a winged horse you will one-shot them <laughs> it's just like the most brutally overpowered thing it's really good um, yeah 
so like i so it's good because all this kind of leveling up stuff that you can do and you can uh equip new weapons to all the characters this is all stuff that's been in all the other dynasty warriors games and then the hyrule warriors game uh but they added in like the kind of class system for fire em uh, yeah for fire emblem as well yeah so you get like master seals that you can use to upgrade the class of your characters and i assume you get enough if you just kind of play the whole game and do all the side stuff to you know level everyone up but yeah. i've only found two so far and so i upgraded uh lucina you know female marth and yes. uh sakura who's the first archer you find just, oh yeah just yeah because now she's so overpowered and she destroys everything wow um, the archers are kind of crazy it's it's pretty neat yeah i uh when i first played the game i didn't pay attention to my leveling up mm. and so what i ended up doing was i leveled up somebody i shouldn't have and i ended up I don't think I was paying attention to the tutorials and everything as well. So I played about three hours of the game so and then went back and started over again. Okay. And I'm, yeah, so I've, I'm about 10 hours in now and I think I've, I've done quite well yeah. uh, and really enjoying it as well. But then I had to go away on holiday and there's been other important things been coming out as well. So there's <laughs> far too many good... Yes, yeah, there's far too many good games out at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed every, you know, every one of the, the 10 hours that I've put into the game so far. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like there's two main modes. There's a story mode, which the, the story is really bad. The story, story is terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's, the story in Fire Emblem games has never been that good. Yeah, uh, but it's been better than this. I don't know if story in Dynasty Warriors. Games well, I was just this, about so. to say, but the 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 story in the Dynasty Warrior games is normally epically yeah. fucking awful as well. So <laughs> basically, it's about yeah. on par as the Hyrule Warriors one, which I thought the story was pretty bad in that as well. But actually, it's the, really hang on, worse. wait, there was a story in that one. <laughs> you go, you travel, and you beat Ganon, and then. You play as Ganon and undo it all because that's fun. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've also added in this this history mode, which is. Uh... Yes, the the history mode I thought was quite cool because that's uh, you know that's something else that's taken from the Fire Emblem series. Yeah, I mean at least aesthetically, it is kind of just a bunch of the Dynasty Warriors battles chained together, but like the menu you get to it from is you know it looks like a fire emblem you know battle screen yes you're moving like across a grid and you're encountering enemies but when you encounter enemies it'll be like oh in this one you have you're going to get dumped into a dynasty world battle but you need to take the three forts at the left hand side and it's like okay well i'll do that i guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah um like i'm enjoying it it's uh, i don't mean to send down on it it's just it's it is just another warriors game but it is a really yes. good one it's, it's not a bad thing uh the the wrappings they put on it to make it fire emblemish like all the music is really good all the just all the sound effects they got all the sound effects from fire emblem so the leveling up sounds like the fire emblem leveling up yes kind of yeah and the, um did you change the game so that it you get you know lots of pauses or did you get it just to kind of flow i 
turned off the mid battle leveling up stuff if that's what you mean right yes just yeah, that's the worst because it's especially towards the start of the game like characters level up constantly you just be wandering battle and it gives you a it pauses the game to bring up the level up screen every time someone levels up and towards the start of the screen start of the game like you've got like five people in your team and they level up like three times constantly every, yes every yeah. battle and it's like oh come on no well i I did the first, the weird thing was I did the first uh, battle and I kept getting that and it was happening all the time and then it was like right, I'm going to turn this off and I thought no, I'm used to it now, it was bizarre, <laughs> I, I had to turn off. it back on yeah, I turned it off because like, it still tells you that they leveled off, it just doesn't pause the whole thing Yeah, it just gives you like the usual kind of little notification saying like, you know yeah, so and so's leveled up, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it, and then they've got lots of little things in the levels. Like every level has a uh, a character that is carrying a key, and if you kill that character, you get a key, and then a chest appears somewhere on the map, and you can go and unlock that chest, and you get a bit of loot. Um, or if you do a specific thing in each level, like usually it's just like you know get a thousand kills or something like that. Uh, uh-huh. Anna will show up, and she'll sell you a bit of a thing that she has yeah i i found it really hard to actually go to her fucking shop i get her to open it up but i then get caught up in what i'm doing and actually never get around to going and visiting <laughs> her. yeah she goes away after a while which i didn't yeah. realize until i missed one and i was like you motherfucker <laughs> but what you can do is one of the more kind of fire emblem things that they've kind of introduced in this is uh on the map screen you can give orders to people Yes. So you can say, you know, you can select the character and say, you go and go to this fort, and then they'll go and they'll just take that fort. They'll kill everyone in it and take it. And the AI is not great, so they'll kind of usually take a long time to do it if they do it at all. Really, you know, it's the way these games work. You have to be doing it yourself, is kind of the point. Yes. Uh, yeah. But what you can do, because you can switch between all the characters now, is you can assign one of them to go to Anna's shop and then look on the map screen when they get there and just switch to them. <laughs> Yeah. Then you're at Anna's shop. You don't have to worry about leaving the thing you were doing. You can just switch that character, buy the thing, and switch back. Which is what I've been doing. So, the most that I've been using the kind of strategic layer for is fast travel, basically. Which is neat. yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, so I'm not glad. I'm oh, sorry. I'm not sad that I bought it. Um, you know, and really enjoyed it so far as well. I'm yeah. not glad that I bought it. <laughs> oh, you're not glad? No, no, I'm not glad you bought it. Sorry. <laughs> it's good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Like, I like these kind of warrior games. I specifically like these ones that kind of are very, you know, honest to their source material and they've got some license behind them. Like, the, those Gundam ones were always really good. And I like the yeah. Warriors one, so... Yeah, if this is if Nintendo is going to keep licensing their stuff out, then I look forward to Mario Warriors. It's going to be great. Uh, no, Luigi Warriors for me. Luigi Warriors. It's just him by himself because no. he has no friends to show up. <laughs> oh, he, him and he, him and his little Hoover. There's not even any enemies that show up to fight him because they're like it's Luigi. It's not worth it. It's just no. It's just Luigi. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just Luigi nobody cares it's Luigi hoovering <laughs> an empty battlefield 
he he walks onto the battlefield and they go, it's Luigi, pretend you're dead, and they all fall down. Oh, you got us, Luigi, good one. <laughs> the whole game's just him walking to Green Day. Oh, God. I, I was going to say the sad Hulk music, but fair yeah, enough. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder what, like, like, and more seriously, I wonder what licenses, like, Nintendo might be considering using for this. If they are going yeah. to more, or if it's just going to be like, maybe we'll get Hyrule Warriors 2 at some point, or yeah, or Fire Emblem 1. Because they don't have a lot of licenses that have that kind of level of characters. Yeah. yeah. True. Can we get a Final Fantasy Warriors? Mm. That would be a good one. They did Dragon Quest. So it's not. Oh, it's not out of. They did two of the Dragon Quest ones actually. So it's definitely Fair a enough. possibility. Square Enix has set a precedent that they will, you know, they will do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, not as insane as I thought it might sound. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Mike. Yes. You and I have both been playing Shadow of War. Uh, well, Middle which I am jealous Chronicles, of, but I've been informed Lord I really shouldn't be. Well, I was going to say playing is uh, I've not played much quite though. a strong word. This yeah. is kind of like Assassin's Creed Origins where I've played the tutorial area, tutorial area and then a little bit more, but not much. Yeah, same. Um, and I, I'm struggling to go back to it. So I've got a copy of this for review and I am struggling, if I'm brutally honest. It's, there is... To, this year has been a very good game a game year you know there's been all these games that are coming out particularly at this time yeah. and i'm finding with a uh, shadow war that it's there's nothing that's pulling me back to play anymore yeah. um anything that it does that you know yes it looks very good but there's lots of games that look very good um anything that's interesting ha- you know the, the it's uh, predecessor did it mm-hmm. you know shadow mordor did it yeah so the um it tries to add on to the the nemesis system the little bit that i've seen of that yeah it just makes it a, a, bit, a bit more fiddly and a bit i doesn't i don't know whether it needs it or not um yeah. i think when the game opens up a bit more it's going to I'm, I don't think I think about the same point as you are, but I think once the game opens up a bit more, it, that the kind of fiddly bits of the Nemesis system seem like they probably make more sense and be a bit more natural. But at the very least, like it doesn't start strong. No, it does not. One of the things that I found that um, so the Shadow War uh, or Shadow, Shadows of Mordor, the first game, mm-hmm. the biggest thing was the open world. You know, so you you were given the you know your agenda at the end was to get to a certain point and how you did that and which generals you took down and what how you went about your business was that was your business yeah. it, you know the open world world was there and it worked really well yeah yeah when you're playing through kind of the tutorial bit um and you end up in gondor and you're going through uh the gates and you're doing these battles once you there's a, a little bit of hand holding um and then the hand holding stops a little bit, but it feels like you still need to do a little bit more. Yeah. But 
you're able to branch off and do things and start looking at things that you have no access to does that make any sense mm-hmm. yeah you, you know you can get to certain sections and you're sneaking up and you're you get up and you're able to select information on an enemy on the, using the nemesis system but it hasn't been unlocked yet well why the fuck did you let me get so far <laughs> well it's weird like it is unlocked but it's kind of it's unlocked kind of optionally it's, you don't need to do yes. it to progress the story and there's one throwaway line in like the story before you bef- like when you can start doing it when those orcs start showing up it's just like yeah. one of the generals is just like oh if you if you kill some of the orc commanders that'd be good and it's like what that's the game <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. Like, it yeah. seems like it leans way more into the story stuff which is was the weakest part about shadow of mordor and is even worse in this yes yeah like, so yeah do you want i i take it you want to get into that and i want to get into how bad the story like i don't like lord of the rings anyway but right this is real bad right i see the confession time i never finished uh shadows of mordor I fin I played no, up fair. until you get into the new uh you get into the kind of the foresty area. Yeah, you get into grassy mordor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now to get into that point, I think you're playing is it thirteen, fourteen hours worth? Uh yeah. Oh yeah. You can be at least. Yeah. I put way more into that because I did tons of stuff because I didn't realise there was a second area. <laughs> so it's like yeah. I'm gonna go and yeah, no, I did, every I did one did of my loads of stuff system. as well. Yeah. 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 I was the, I was the same. Um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Then figured out, oh shit, there's there's more to do here. And same thing again happened. You know, with us doing the podcast, you always we need uh, we always feel we need to be playing newer games so we can talk about them and build a yeah. game of the year list and things. So I moved on to something else. And what I didn't realize is the end of that story. That it just destroys fucking everything Tolkien built. Um, and it continues the destruction of that here. Wait, what do you think then that story was? Uh, where, well, I'm judging what the end of that story is based on what the beginning of the Shadows of War is, where the it turns out that the the One Ring was made by your dead buddy. Well, they yeah okay so they they introduced that earlier on and they get not towards the end like the the One Ring is made. The the wraith that you're with is I forget he's from the books like he is the guy that made the ring, and yeah but I think the thing you're specifically talking about where they make a second ring which is how this game starts yes it's, it's yeah. not even referenced in the first one the first one just ends it's just oh like really you, you killed the big bad orc and it's like oh yeah we're gonna go and fight Mordor it's like all right cool I guess and oh really <laughs> then the second one yeah. starts yeah the second one starts with them going. Motherfuckers, we made a second ring and then we lost it. It's like, why would you make a second ring for stars? Like, it's part yeah. of this, the whole problem with all of this. And <laughs> how, why would you lose it instantly? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it it just destroys everything. So it it's also destroying the fucking first game. Yeah, that story is bad. Yeah. It was... I, I think... I seen that and it was like I'd already I was ready for chucking it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with what they've done with Shelob. Uh, for the <laughs> that's completely accurate to the books. I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> the, whole, the whole pages. You, do you remember the pages of you know those books where Tolkien was talking about how Shelob was a sexy goth chick? <laughs> that was my favorite part of them. Oh yes, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just uh, creative license gone wild. Um, yeah, so I wasn't too keen on that, and. I think that's probably a big part of one of the things that started to put me off it. Um, and as for the the rest of the game and the or the rest of the game that I've played so far, it's a case of being there, done that. Yeah. Um, and I'm f- I'm failing to see something that's dra- that's going to make me play more of it and drag more. So my review is. <laughs> I think that's pretty much my review, but I need to play a bit more of it and then try and. Yeah. You have to at least it, get it... to like the fort stuff because that seems to be the thing they were before release yeah. at least kind of pushing the most. They're like, you're going to build up an army of Nemesis guys and take over a fort. And it's like, that sounds. Yeah. yeah. So there was a bit where I'm crawling. I think I was. I was going underground and then I come back out from the underground and your the sun is just setting and it looks absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, graphics-wise, it is still a good-looking game. Uh, sound design, very good. But, you know, the voice acting, yeah, no problems at all. But it's just... It feels bland, is yeah, the best it, way I can... It, it yeah. feels like they didn't... 100% know what was great about that first one and when they decided to make a sequel they were like well we'll do more of the Nemesis stuff because everyone liked the Nemesis stuff but the way they've implemented it seems like, like I don't know if the later areas are bigger because I know there's a lot of areas in that game but yeah, like the first area is really small and the second area is only a bit bigger and as a result you're running into Nemesis dudes constantly like, yes. you'll just be running around and you'll just bump into three of them and the thing that made the Nemesis system so cool to me at least in the first game was that they weren't everywhere like there was only a handful of those commanders and you were going about you know hunting them down or maybe sometimes when you were going hunting you would occasionally bump into one but it would be an uncommon thing and that made Uh it way cooler when it happened and so it's just inherently less interesting to me if this is happening constantly yeah but they have done a good job of making the orcs all very different from each other, at least. So yeah, yeah. That's all. That's kind of, you know, they got one part of the thing they needed to nail with that system down, which is yeah. I bumped into a handful of orcs and they were all completely different from each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They. They seem to I have their. I still really want to play it. A lot of them were <laughs> Australian though, which was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Australian voice actors in that game. I think it's possibly because uh, Weta Design is still and uh, they're still doing a lot of work on the game. I think as well. Yeah. They're not. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah, um, Paul. Yeah, check it out. I, I don't. I don't think I can recommend anyone buying it though, which is really weird. It's still a well-made game. Yeah, it's not bad. But it's just fun. no, no, it's not bad. Um, I think need. I, when I'm doing the review as well, I think I need to make that crystal clear. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad game, but it's not a bad game. You're... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but your money is is at the moment it's better spent elsewhere. Yeah, 
especially in open world games. Like this is the year that Near Automata came out, the two Yakuza games came out, Assassin's Creed yeah. just came out, Horizon came out, Zelda came out. Like Mario's open world to some degree. Like it's you know, you can't just phone it in. Not that not that I think they phoned yeah. it in, but you know, they didn't mash and nail what they were going for. Yes, yeah. But um yeah, so uh yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but we'll uh, I'll see how I get on when I play a little bit more and hopefully it's got a couple of wow factors in it. So but there you go. Cool. Uh, but Kieran, I think do you want to fill us in on some Horizon Zero Dawn, how you've been getting on with that before we move on to the main event? Yeah, sure. Um I played Horizon Zero Dawn back when it came out. For yes. a bit, like got up to the end of the the trials, like when you first get into the big kind of open world, really. And I was like, I'm done. I don't need to play this game. I'm not really liking it. And I jumped back into it every now and again over the past few months since it came out, because everyone's like, this is my game of the year. It's the best thing ever. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it was kind of bad. What are you talking about? Um. So I went back to this weekend, or last weekend, mainly because I picked up Assassin's Creed Origins and playing through the start of that and being like, a lot of the stuff in this is really similar to Horizon. I was like, I'm going to go back and actually just put the time into Horizon Zero Dawn and you know give it a proper shake and you know see if I like it. And I finished the game and really enjoyed it, as it turns out. <laughs> um, I didn't do everything. I just kind of mainly, kind of just like mainline through the story. I did some of the side stuff. But it's they do a lot of good stuff with the story in that game. Uh, in particular, all the stuff about uh-huh. how like the end of the world happened is all super interesting. Uh, although I found there was a couple of bits in it that I just thought were a bit they're a bit contrived. It felt like some of the decisions characters made that kind of created the end of the world were decisions that were people could only make a decision like that if they were they had to end the world so this game could happen <laughs> like <laughs> the things they were doing it's like why would you do that that doesn't it makes they could have added maybe a little bit more explanation like as to why these people made some of the decisions they made why would you do that for yeah. storyline <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah just like you know because there's a lot of audio logs in that and i found most of them, but maybe one being like, you know, I made these robots be able to eat humans so that they could fuel themselves because blah 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 blah, and instead it's just like, well, they can eat humans. And it's like, why would you make your robots able to eat humans? Why? <laughs> why would you do that? Um, but yeah, it's I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I enjoyed all the stuff like that that kind of focused more on the dystopia stuff, like the, or not dystopia, like the kind of end of the world stuff way more than I enjoyed the stuff that happens, you know, in the present day of the storyline because that stuff's just kind of like relatively generic fantasy um, like it leans more into fantasy than usual kind of post-apocalyptic stuff does it's like, because it's, you know, it's post-apocalyptic, they've built a society again and their society is you know, a bunch of clans that, you know, have some relatively light politics with each other and they have a king and stuff like that and it's fine but it's not super interesting to me compared to the rest of it so 
yeah, I played through all of it. I really enjoyed it. That co the combats in that in that game's really good. That gun that you get that shoots ropes and ties things to the ground is my favorite thing in like any game. All right. <laughs> so, I think more games should do that because this is pretty great. Also, you get an upgrade, and there's two upgrades in the skill tree in that game that upgrade your heavy attack. And yeah. the second one makes like they both increase the um, the likelihood of knocking over an enemy when you do it. Yes. And the second one increases uh -huh. to the point where you're just like walking up to like thunder jaws and stuff like that and hitting them twice with your strong attack and they just fall over. And you're like, <laughs> well, this is not how this should work, but it's pretty good. Um, yeah, you just become kind of overpowered by the end of that game. And it, you, it makes you kind of realize like, if, you know, if this one person here can go around murdering all of these, you know, giant robots and stuff like that i don't know how they could have wiped out humanity to start with <laughs> so yeah but that game's really good i i finally realized what people liked about it yeah it just good. took me some time i'm glad <laughs> to me a few tries <laughs> but, yeah i i always thought you were mental when you said you didn't like it and it wasn't a good game i was like what the hell are you yeah. talking about i mean but... i was kind of joking yeah. when i said it. it was not a good game it was just yeah but it the thing that I the thing that put me off it for so long that you know I didn't like about it I still don't like about it which is that game has no reason to be as big as it is like the good bits of that game are the cauldrons the story and you know the kind of story missions and that kind of exploration stuff where you're finding story stuff and you're finding audio logs and all that stuff and the rest of the big open world is just kind of there to walk through to get to those things. Like, when you right. first when you first open up the map, it looks like there's a shitload of things on there, which part of what puts me up, put me off at the original, because like, I was like, oh, this is like the Assassin's Creed, you know, Skittles thing, where there's Skittles all over the, the map, yeah. and you have to go do all of them. But then you realise that there's only like 12 side quests in that game. Maybe a little bit more, but there's there's only like, you know, maybe a couple of dozen side quests in that game. There's not a massive amount of them. There's not that much of main story missions either. Like It's not a massive game. And the side stuff that you could do out in the world, there's the hunting lodges, which are pretty decent, but I didn't really get into too much. And then there's just... Everything else that's marked on the map is just, here's where you can find these enemies. Like Here's where you can kill bandits for no interesting reason. Here's where you can find each of these types of machines so that you can, you know, gather resources off them to craft things, but you don't really need to ever. Like there's so few things that you craft in that game and they require so little resources that you're just I got all of them just from playing through the missions. Cause you encounter like every enemy type throughout the missions anyway. And it's like this massive map that has tons of things on it, and then when you go into the filter and you go well i don't need to know where the enemy uh, where the different types of machines are i don't need to know where the bandits are because for starters also the human non-human combat in that game is fucking terrible and the worst part of that whole game and it, and you turn those off and then you turn off you know other little things where it's like i don't need to know where all the vendors are because they all sell the same shit anyway and you realize that there's nothing on that map it's just a big empty space yeah, it is. It's just it's a big empty space that looks pretty. Yeah, 
and like I get I I get why it's there to some degree but it feels like it's there just for the sake of being there like we made an open world because we could and because it's pretty but there's not really much to explore and see there so I don't know it's it, I thought that was a bit bit of a weak point for me but overall, like, I, I really enjoyed it. It's just, if there was a way... Like, I ended up using a lot of fast travel kits by the end of that game. Because I was just like, I want to get to the next story mission. And I don't want to, you know, hack a robot horse that can take me there. I just want to teleport to the nearest bonfire and walk. Yeah. It's a good game. Yes, good. I'm yeah, probably not going to pick up that DLC. Nah, I probably wouldn't either, to be honest. There's yeah. too much other stuff around that's too good at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Should we talk about Mario? Do we have to? I mean, it's the reason we're podcasting, isn't it? Oh, right, okay, fair like, enough. I messaged you guys going, <laughs> I need to talk about Mario, so we need to, we need to record. Yeah. To and end this hiatus. We're, we're pretty much all played it, so. All right, okay, so let's do this. Let's talk about Mario Kart. <laughs> I was playing Mario Kart yesterday, so I, could do it. <laughs> I played two versions of Mario Kart yesterday because I played the one on my Super Nintendo Mini. Uh, that game's terrible. It is not aged well at all. Do not play Super <laughs> Mario Kart. If you have any fond memories of Super Mario Kart, do not play it. You will ruin all of those um, memories. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've got the emulated version for the 3DS that they brought out. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not aged well. But yeah, let's talk about no, Mario Odyssey. No. Yes, let's do it. Super Mario Odyssey. Cool. So, I let's start off. How far is everyone with the game? Uh, I take it you guys are finished? Yes. Uh, I finished the main part of it, but I'm going back trying to collect all the minions. Right. Yeah, I, have, I have just reached Bowser's Castle. Oh, nice. Okay. It's a good idea. So, I... I take it I'm not too far away. Not over. You're the... not too far. There's, there's still yeah. more, but right. Yeah, you're yeah. near the end. So, I um, I think we can safely say that we've all enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Understatement it, of the I, year. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm feeling that. So see, Paul, how you were saying that uh, Rabbids and Mario is perfect for you. It's bite-sized chunks that you can play a bit and then done. Yes. I've been doing that in the train with each of the worlds. I've been flying through the worlds. Yeah. And yep. I've been... It, I played the first one and I thought, shit, that was a bit too quick. So I've been making sure that I've been taking my time and go, and exploring as much as I can. Yeah. Um, And I'm still flying through it, but it's not it's not a bad thing yeah i'm really enjoying it it does feel a little bit shorter when you compare it to other mario games that have been about i think mm -hmm. and i think that's possibly due to you know the it is it, a lot of workers went into the game mm -hmm. yes yeah and i don't know whether you know if they made it bigger or longer you know would it one would it fit on the on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch? Because um, it is a stunning looking game as well. Mm -hmm. So the thing I'll say is, there's, 
I felt the exact same way. Right. Like, I was playing through that game, and in particular, like, the exact same point as you were at, where I reached Bowser's Kingdom, I was like, oh, I must be, like, at the end of this game. I, mm. and Yeah, I jumped, no, I, I thought the exact the little, same. I jumped back at some of the old worlds and, you know, did some more stuff, and was like, I need to try and... This game seems kind of short. I want to kind of pad it out for myself and do as much as I can. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once you finish that game, it unlocks so much more stuff to do. Uh, right. In the kingdoms that you've already been to, that I have put probably the same amount of time, if not more time, into the game after finishing it than I did getting to the end of the game. And I've not got everything. Right. So, um, that would, yeah, I can believe that because there was certain, when you're in there, there's certain things like the blocks, Mm -hmm. there's certain blocks and it's like, what are they for? There's these kind of granite blocks and I thought they are going to bring you back. Yeah, that specifically is an end of game thing, which is kind of annoying that they don't really just say that to you. Like, if you are going through that game... And you look at the the list of moons on it, you're going to it and it'll be like, oh, the Sand Kingdom has 89 moons. And you'll be like, okay, cool. This is massive. I've got tons of shit to do. But you will reach a point, if you haven't finished the game, you'll reach a point where you can't get any more of them. Yeah. Like, you can't get all of them. It's physically impossible to get all of them without finishing the game, which is a weird choice. But they kind of just try, they kind of try to force you through it, basically. Towards the end of the game. Yes, yeah. Which, I, yeah, it's, it's a weird choice, I think, but also, I'm still playing it, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I've done I've done the same. I went back and done a little bit. I've not done it as much as you, Kieran. Um, but I... It's because I chucked Mario Rabbids in and I'm enjoying that. <laughs> and with the amount of time I've got at the moment, the bite-sized chunks of that versus turning on odyssey and every time i switched that on i lost three four (laughs) five hours of just exploring whatever world i was in and making sure i got all of that world specific coins so i could buy all the outfits yes yes like the best bit of the game secret best bit yeah, secret bet. Not even a secret, it's just the best bet of the game. Want, do you guys want a pro tip related to costumes? Go on then. If you go into the closet when you're choosing your costumes, if you hit the random button, which is like one, <laughs> yeah. one it randomizes your costume. Two, it gives you a different random costume every time you die. Oh, oh nice. okay. So, so I've got that turned on now. I'm just wandering around, just wearing mis- <laughs> random shit. Although for long, yeah. I'm just wearing the pirate costume because it's the best one in the game. Mm. I am, I am currently running around as a chef. The yeah, the chef costume is pretty good. Oh, I like the pirate one though, because I do like the pirate one. I also like the the um the little World War Two airplane one. <laughs> yes, the aviator oh. one is probably my second favorite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What's yeah. really funny is if you put like the the wedding suit on and then the pirate hat. <laughs> the pirate hat goes well with everything. That's this thing. Yeah. It's the secret of pirate hats is like the white. Just if like you in get, the real world. Once, you, once you unlock the white suit, I can't remember what world you unlock it in. I don't think it's that far on. Um, maybe towards the end. I don't remember. You, you unlock a white suit at some point. If you wear that with a pirate hat, it looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a lot of good costumes in that game. It's a weird yeah. thing. And, yeah. So good. Absolutely really good, so good. There's such a really good photo mode in that game. Which I didn't really expect from a Mario game. No. For them to have like this, you know, like the PlayStation style photo mode that you can just open up at any point and zoom oh, the yes. camera around and take pictures and it's nonsense. It's yes. So good. Uh, but yeah, like that game is massive, even though it doesn't seem that way originally. Like it, all the stuff that they want you to do <clears throat> is pushing right. you towards the end of the game, and that doesn't take that long. Like you can finish right. the game probably in, I don't know, uh, I'd say under ten hours. Like you know, maybe maybe a bit more if you're taking your time. But right, like, you can get through that game pretty quick. But then everything afterwards, like there's just a bunch of stuff that opens up. You know, once you've finished the game, uh, I mean, a bunch of stuff opens up even after you've finished each world's like kind of story objectives. Right. So, you know, like in the Sand Kingdom, where there's a few things that are like go up this inverted pyramid, and you know, there's like three or four different, like a sequence of moons that you can go through, that, you know, culminate in a boss fight usually, and then, after that, you get kicked back to the Odyssey, and it's like go to the next world. Yes. But yeah. usually that's changed some stuff in the world as well, and then you can go like two different places. Like there'll be a bunch of different areas of that map that will have opened up. So like in the sand one, a bunch of the ice that's around there will have melted, and it's unblocked a bunch of areas, and a bunch of yep. moons, and things like that. So there's things like that, and then once you finish the game, there's just a lot more that open up as well, and there's and like one of the areas towards the end of that game has i think the more moons than anything else in that game all right okay um but how you get them isn't necessarily like there's not necessarily more stuff to do it's just it's just a weird thing <clears throat> but yeah i i am really liking mario odyssey so far yeah it's yeah. um it's been it's the best Mario game in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I can. You you can't argue with that. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And as a second flagship kind of release for the Switch, could they have got much better? Really? Second. Well, yeah, the second big Nintendo so, game for the Switch. The biggest IP came out already. Arms. We got, we got Zelda. We got you've Arms. been smoking. You've been smoking that crack again, haven't you? Splatoon two. Splatoon two. So yeah, okay. We got third. Mario Kart. What do you mean two? It's a damn good year for the Switch. <laughs> Mario Kart was a remake. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I forgot about Splatoon because I didn't play it because I'm not a Splatoon fan. Oh so this is this is the second Mario game this year. <laughs> Yes, it is. Because we've got Mario yeah. and Rabbids. Clearly. There's just tons of games on Switch, as it turns out. <laughs> as it yeah. turns out. Anyway, really yeah. good game. Um, slight yeah. criticisms on my part for it. I think the game's a little bit too easy. I would have liked uh, a harder difficulty. I I'd like like maybe a difficulty select. Yeah. Um, that is, again, one of those things where... A lot of stuff that um, opens up after the end of the game is 
not super hard, but it's way more difficult and requires yeah way more precision platforming. There's a couple of bits throughout the story that do. Yes, yeah. Towards there's the a couple of, the... of bits in the story that kicked my butt, but yeah, I there was a couple of boss battles, and I found that I would die a couple of times, and then I would respawn, and all of a sudden the little hat dude shows up, mm-hmm. and he sells you a life. Uh, one of the little hearts that increases your life up to six from three. Yep, I did have to buy that once or twice. Yeah, I bought that, and um, a lot of the times I felt it was um, psychological more than anything else. <laughs> I'd spend the 50 coins, get it, and then one-shot the boss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know about the difficulty. Yeah, maybe make it a little bit more difficult but i think that's a that's a minor gripe i think yeah yes it is it's not a major gripe at all like when i was trying to find faults with the game to have something to criticize because i liked it so much that was one of the little straws i could pull out Uh uh-huh yeah um i but i i feel kind of same like i think the difficulties overall throughout the main story and most of the like side moons that you can get before finishing the game is pretty easy like yeah a bunch yeah. of those moons are literally just like you know go to an area and butt stomp the ground yeah <laughs> i like i like how some of them you know the, there's all always surefire ways to get something so uh you can go into the crazy cap shop and you can buy a moon yeah you can yes. also there's almost guaranteed there's going to be an area on one of the kingdoms where you have to dress a certain way to get into a room yeah. and essentially that's all you have to do to get the moon yeah, some, say, those. some of them yes. have like puzzles things inside them but yeah most of them are just like yeah. you're here you dress as a mariachi you yes, stand yeah. next to the band and get a moon yeah, that's, yes well yeah. done <laughs> so yeah um, I think it's going to be one of my games of the year. Yeah, yeah, I think the same. Yeah, that's not even a question. It's probably going to be one of mine. Now, something that you two won't have dealt with, but I have. I so I I, I work with a little um, kid who has learning difficulties, and um, he got a switch for his birthday because he'd been playing with mine, and that's what he wanted. So he got a switch for his birthday, uh, and we went out. And he bought Mario the day after it came out. Like, I bought it the day it came out, he bought it the day after, because we seen it in a shop, and he was like, is that the new Mario? Uh-huh. So we went home with that. And I went over to work with him on the Sunday, and all he wanted to do was play Mario. The game's actually really fun in two-player. All right. It is. It, there's, there's a two-player mode. One person plays Cappy, the other plays Mario. When it comes to certain things, only Mario can do them. The player who plays Cappy can't really do much. Right. But a lot of the time, Cappy can be off, like, floating around the map himself. No, that's <laughs> To a cool. certain degree, without the Mario being anywhere near him. Um, cool. So how do you, like, yeah. capture stuff? Does the second player just control any, whether you're any, inside a dinosaur or not? Yeah, anytime the second player goes near something and the cap ends up on it, the Mario just gets sucked into oh, it. <laughs> and then it kicks you to one of those points where it's only the person controlling the Mario that can play because yeah. Cappy has no use when you're inside another thing. Oh, that's weird. 
Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. The two players are actually fairly fun, especially if you're maybe not for people like our age or kind of around that age, but if, certainly if you, you have kids at home, kids in the family, 100% two player, great way to play with them and help them through the game and assist them, but let but also let them do it themselves kind of deal. Right. Uh, and the the assisted mode is yeah. actually very... Yeah. This one, this actually genuinely sounds especially like something that is super smart. Like to it's super smart. Game, you know, playable for kids. Yeah, super smart for kids and, you know, again, people with learning difficulties and that who are maybe not fully mentally developed but still enjoy playing games. Yeah. I the, turned it on to have a look at it, and it works really well. It does. It has an arrow, and it points you exactly where to go and shows you exactly what to do, but without holding your hand too much to where you need and to And making you still... look like a complete idiot, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't do it in a I'm telling you exactly what to do here kind of way, but it is assisted to the point of it's taking out a lot of the they might spend a lot longer playing the game because they're lost factor. Uh-huh. Yes. And yeah. So I turned that on for him and it, it, he has Lego. I bought him Lego Marvel city mm-hmm. and he's a really hard time following mini maps. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Really hard time following mini maps or the lines of the mini maps and to follow how to get places. So you will not play that game without me and, without being in two-player mode because I direct him where to go. He's played a lot of Mario himself because Mario's showing him where to go and not allowing him to feel like he's entirely lost without someone else there holding his hand. Right. And I think it it just is something completely like off the ball about it is that is a really nice thing to have in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really well thought out. It's really well done and... Yeah, it's just a little touch from Nintendo that is just a little kind of crowning touch for me to the game. Yeah, it also does things like um, you'll never run out of air underwater if you're in assisted mode. No, no, you'll never run out of air underwater. Oh, okay. Which is a smart yeah, one. And, yeah, and if you fall, you end up in a protective bubble and it brings you back up. Yes. That's cool. Yep. You can't fall off the edge of anything either. That's smart. I sometimes wish I could. That. <laughs> I mean, not even in Mario, just in real life. I wish that. Oh yeah, no. Um, but it's just—it's one of those smart little things they've done with it, and I'm like, more games that are directed at kids but have an adult fan base where they're trying to balance it between it should have options like that. Yeah, I think in general, like more accessibility, you know, modes are always a good thing yeah like you always get people you know the occasional like supposed kind of hardcore people are like oh i can't believe they're putting this easy mode into this game blah 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 blah. play it like it's meant to be played and it's like no everyone can that's not no no yeah you you have your hard mode if you want to play your hard mode but you know there are people with you know mental illnesses there are people with you know different disabilities there are people with you know, physical disabilities that, you know, just can't physically play, you know, a game that is that difficult. Yeah, and I think being so, like, that kind of rung so 
nice to me and so true to how inclusive gaming should be that because I'm so close to it. Yeah, um, yeah, just really good. And uh, also, what do you guys think of the Brutals? <laughs> they're, they're fine. Yeah, they're rather they're fine. fine. I, yeah, I I quite like them. They they, they add a little bit of madness to it, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I although everyone should have a Jaxi. I might just be slightly miffed with them because there's a there's like an optional boss rush rush later in that game where you can fight all the bosses again. Right, okay. But they're slightly harder. <laughs> That's what I've been stuck on for the last couple of days. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, okay. They're like, fuck these brutals. No, I I saw that and I went, oh, so you have taken something from working with Ubisoft on Rabbids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very rabbids Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, uh, every level should also have a Jaxi, by the way. Yeah. A it's what? weird that they're only in the Sand Kingdom. Yeah, the, the Jaxi, the little. Oh the no, I I misheard. I thought you said Jaxi. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, every, yeah. Every every level should have those. I love that they control like shit. It's just such a oh, nice thing. Oh, so fast. Control they control terrible. terribly, and it's like a couple of places that are like do this really precise navigation with them. It's like I can't. They're not made for that. Like this no. is not. <laughs> Why um, would you do this to me? When you, when you use it to get into that one area that you have no idea how to get into. Oh, so here's the fun thing. I didn't do that. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't. So do here's you, the crazy thing. The one surrounded in lava. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't do, that. do that in my own game. I figured that out in the, the little guy I look after's game and then instantly came home jumped in the odyssey went back to the sand kingdom and done it in my game <laughs> no i didn't well i mean i did it in my game like but i got to the top of that thing before figuring out that's what you're meant to do oh did you because uh I did jumped you off from somewhere else yeah you gl- you glided in <laughs> i just jumped down from somewhere else i was like well i'm here now and it's like yes oh, good job getting <laughs> through that puzzle and i was like what what i think i did the same thing it's so good <laughs> I love that you could do that, like uh, New Donk City, which, you know, of all the kingdoms, was one I was maybe mildly skeptical about because it's you know it's just, it's New York City, but you know it's a big dull grey skyscrapery thing. Didn't seem like the most interesting Mario World, but nope. it's actually probably one of my favourites. It's really fucking fun, uh, and that's full of those things. Like there's so many parts of that level that you can just skip past by diving like from a higher up skyscraper. And yeah. doing the thing where you, if you jump and then throw your cap out and then dive onto your cap, <laughs> yeah, which lets you do like a super long jump, is so good. I've got pretty good at that. I'm pretty happy with that. Like it took me a wee bit, <laughs> but I got pretty good at doing that. And now I'm just like, you, it, it doesn't let you chain them, which is unfortunate. No, you only do it once, and you can throw it a second time, and you can dive at it a second time, but you only bounce it once. Which is a shame, because it'd be nice if you could just just continuously do it, but it would be pretty broken. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just... I, I struggle, and I'm still struggling to find fault with much in that game. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Maybe not as good as Super Mario Galaxy. See, I never played Mario Galaxy. So... Uh, neither did I, so... It's not really an issue to me. What they say wins. 
I love Mario Galaxy. Uh, this is, you know, it's probably my second favorite Mario game. Uh huh. You know, it's it's up there. It's um, it's, it's under Galaxy. I'd say, at very least, in terms of three D games, it's definitely like I'd say, better, definitely better than Sunshine because man, fuck Sunshine. Um, <laughs> but, like, I just genuinely never liked Sunshine. People are like, oh man, that game aged poorly. And I was like, that game didn't work at the time. Like, the camera was <laughs> unusable in that game at the time. It's not. Uh. But yeah, yeah the, I... Mario 64 is one of those ones where I feel like I want to go back to it. Because yeah. I don't know how well that one's aged, but I have fond memories of Mario 64. Right. Yeah. But Mario Galaxy, I played like a month ago. And I know that that game is still fucking fantastic. <laughs> so I know Fair that enough. I still prefer it to Odyssey, but I'm still playing Odyssey. You know, it's it's probably it is one of the biggest Mario games, even though it seems like one of the smallest ones to start with. Yeah, um, there is a lot to do. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. Um, so uh, re- like I said, really enjoying it, and I think it is one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. I think uh, anything else you want to add, or shall we cease the gushing? Luigi's not shall... great. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh that yeah. was nasty. Fuck Luigi. Yeah, that was. Not really... literally. Don't do that. Un... You'll catch them. <laughs> that was uncalled for. You're just mean. <laughs> Leave him in his mansion where he belongs. Hoovering. Yeah, hoovering up ghosts. That's that's it. I'm refusing to talk to you now. <laughs> Let's talk about board games. Cool. Excellent. Uh, we've Calling only got one board, board game. game. Our board game correspondent, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can't say too much about this one um, because it is another legacy game. Yeah. So this is a Season two of Pandemic Legacy. Um, this was uh, I managed to get my copy just before I left to go on holiday to go to Paris, and it then had to sit in the house for a week <laughs> untouched. Um, so we played a played the kind of a introductory game there's a prologue game you can play um to get used to it because it changes a few things about the way you play pandemic um and i'm probably yeah that's about as much as i'm going to say about that so it changes a couple of things and it allows you to have a couple of practice games until you get used to it then there's a prologue game and you play that one and there's a couple of legacy things that happen in it and then you play january february through to december uh, we have played the prologue and January and February. We've won all three games, and the there's been a couple of people, uh, kind of professional reviewers, and they've said that the game feels too easy. Mm-hmm. They're lying. <laughs> <laughs> we we've won the games, but it's been close. Um, I don't think we've come close to losing, but the, what, the way that the game is, the the story that's happening within the game uh, and kind of the objective that you've got is 
and the way that it's been presented to you, it feels like, or the way that Anne and myself are playing anyway, is that we want to do this as perfectly as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, when you played uh, season one of Pandemic, you had... You know, if you got an outbreak in a city, it would get, uh, you'd put a numbered sticker on it. Yeah. And the number one was okay. You know, the virus was in the city. The people were a bit unhappy. Number two, shit was starting to get real. Number three, you couldn't fly into the city. You had to use roads. Or number four was something, some other restriction that yeah. made you, you know, difficult to get in. Number five was a fallen city. It was done. This kind, this kind of that system. But there's a slight twist on it as well. Uh, so, yeah, we we feel that we need to do everything as perfectly as possible. And it is possible this time to put stickers on the board, but you can also use upgrades to remove stickers from the board. Okay. Yeah. So you can, you know, if something bad happens, you can reverse it to a certain degree as well. Uh, the story of the game so it's set in like post-apocalyptic kind of it's playing around with that a little bit Uh, the game takes place 71 years after the first season Uh, and the the story is that the you know you thought you you can you contained the virus and that was all good and well well you didn't Uh, and the virus wreaked havoc and yeah and I'll leave it at that as well. <laughs> so there, there is quite a good story with it as well. So it tells you, you know, that kind of information a bit more in detail. You, by the way, you can pick that up from the back of the box. So I'm comfortable telling you that, I, and I wouldn't tell you any more. Um, but the story does it. the The rule book and there's other bits of information that goes into, you know, what you're doing, what you're role in this new world is and why you're there etc etc and then there's other story elements that happen on top of that as well so it gives you this whole you know this world 71 years after the first game here play play a couple of games see how you feel mm-hmm. and that are you comfortable start the game so you start the game and then it starts to introduce some more story in and it's really good we're, we're really enjoying it uh, he, I don't. I can't really say much more. It's really difficult to, to try and tell people about the game. Yeah. Uh, would I recommend it? Absolutely. Uh, based on the the three, you know, the the three sections that we've played so far, and we played a couple of warm up games as well. So we've played about five games in total. Definitely recommend it again. If you like the first one, if you like Pandemic, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I I need to finish the first one. How far did you How far did you get in the first oh, one? I don't did you when April, I think. Yeah, yeah. April or May. Um, so, yeah, I'm it's not sure. We we begin through it slowly because basically my girlfriend doesn't like Pandemic that much. <laughs> We've been playing it. Right. So uh, if I do get the second one, I'll end up probably playing it with someone else. Right. Uh, right. She, she likes the legacy concept. She just doesn't really like Pandemic that much. Oh, oh that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It happens. Everyone has different yeah, games. Yeah. It's just yes, yeah. like she It's one of those things where she plays it and... 
yeah, she has more fun. <laughs> yeah, she she has more fun opening the boxes and finding the story and that. But it's actually yeah. doing the work to get. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Hopefully, you know, the, there's Charterstone coming out. Hopefully, that might be yeah, something that she might get a kick yeah, out of. She seems pretty excited about that one, actually. Yeah, and Gloom, uh, Gloomhaven's on it. You know, the other legacy game that's, yeah. that's arriving soon as well. Yeah, yeah. I've not got that one. So, but I've I've also not pre-ordered Charterstone. But I was. I don't. I don't think you. Well, you might need to pre-order it. Um, but I think I've uh, I've got a copy reserved as well. So, in our friendly local game store, so they will um, keep a copy for me, and they're keeping a copy of the recharge kit when it comes as well. Oh, nice. So, but yeah, pandemic legacy season two early impressions it's really good um and definitely you know if there are a couple of reviewers that put their stuff out and they're saying that it's you know eights nines ten out of tens and yeah i can cover them as well um if you're looking for a contrary opinion uh, you might be a bit hard pushed to find it but so yeah go pick it up cool cool i saw a copy hey. of it in waterstone so all right. Copies of it are out there. Yes, yeah. I don't think it sold. I don't think it's sold out. I think they've increased the production of it, though. Mm-hmm. To be fair. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, good, excellent. Should have we got any news? News. Uh, I have news open, but we have a kind of too much news. <laughs> we have too much news. We've been away for weeks. Like, right. Okay. Neogaf died in the time we were gone. You know that's shit true. Happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I went interactive. Uh, announced that they're making a new Hitman, probably season two of Hitman. Uh, that last Hitman. Fuck. What was that called? Like uh, that. Hitman. Was this called Hitman? It was just called Hitman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me what it... Hitman. I believe that then. Um. Yeah, you're right. It was just called Hitman. That's why I can't remember what it was called. It was just called Hitman. Yeah. I told you that much. Oh, okay. They're doing. Um, it sounds like they're doing either a sequel or a season two to that, and also they've patched in uh, new DLC. So there's a new campaign that you can buy as well. That is the same maps as before, but it sounds like they've massively changed them up. So. Yep. That's pretty cool. This is the first thing that IO has done since they since Square Enix were like, hey, we don't want IO anymore. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're going to sell IO or shut them down. And then it was like, oh, no. And then IO were like, actually, we're just going to go independent. And Square Enix were like, hey, you can keep Hitman if you want, because, man, we don't want that shit. And it's like, what? That's <laughs> fair. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Bizarre. Um, Pokemon Go maker Niantic is working on a Harry Potter game. Right. Called Harry Potter Wizards Unite. We knew that was coming. It'd been rumored since literally about the third week of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say they've been working on that for a while. Yeah, this is them. They're they've officially announced it. Though they don't really know anything else about it because it's not said. There's a website that just has the logo on it. Um, but this comes along with um, Warner Brothers. Uh, making uh, a separate kind of label for Harry Potter games called yeah. Loki. 
So they're going to make more Pirate Power games. And I guess Warner Bros. has the game rights now. It makes sense. They had the movie rights. Uh, well, they had the games as well. No, no, because EA made all the... Oh, yeah, the so they did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that deal must have like run out or something. And they're like, hey, we can make our own shit and put a big investment in it. Yeah. Uh, a Harry Potter AR style game like Pokemon Go could be pretty neat. Yeah, probably could. Uh, the fad for it will probably last as long as Pokemon Go. So. Yeah. <laughs> when I I got a new phone today and I was like, ah, I'm downloading all my old apps that I got this phone, and one of the ones that was on the list was Pokemon Go, and I sat and looked at it for a second. And I was like, Nah. Nah, I don't need. This. <laughs> I really don't need this. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors new update 1.2, which comes out on Thursday, 16th of November, introduces a new feature. Which sees certain characters' clothes falling off whenever they get hit. No. It's not that bad. It's they have like under armor. It's not like underwear or something. It's, All right. It's only for the two main characters. The right. Okay. Uh, Rowan and Liana. Right. Um, and it's only when they're wearing like a specific armor set. Like they have, they're getting at they add a new armor set called the Gold Prince and the Gold Princess outfit. All right. And, okay. Yeah, during battles, if they take enough damage from an attack that has armor breaking, then it will break, and they'll just be wearing just kind of regular clothes underneath. Right. Okay. But yeah, well, it's that's... like one of those things. It's so close to be like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Papa. Call of Duty World War Two came out, and apparently it sold really well, which is a shame because by all accounts that game's not very good. Uh, Xbox One X came out uh, with no games because that's yeah. how Microsoft releases consoles these days apparently yeah you can play Skate 3 on it they enhanced Skate 3 for the Xbox One X I still don't get the whole Xbox One X thing no I mean uh, we should maybe get um, friend of the show Nathan on some point soon because he bought one I'm seriously thinking about getting, having him committed. <laughs> I can't criticize purchases like that because I just got an iPhone 10. So, right, I can't, I can't criticize people buying stupid bits of hardware. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah. And oh man, there's like tons of stuff. I'm just skimming through this stuff. Telltale Games laid off 25 percent of its staff. Jeez, right. which okay. is a lot of people because Telltale Games has been expanding a lot recently and they're, they had like hundreds of employees they still have hundreds of employees even after firing 25% of them which is crazy um, they said this because they are restructuring the company to make it more competitive but don't know that seems strange yep it's a bit strange I wonder if those I wonder if Telltale's like kind of saturation of the market is kind of starting to wear thin. If those games biting them in the ass, well. yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when there's like such good competition, like that King's Quest series that came out last year was way better than anything that Telltale's made, and you know Life is Strange was way better than anything Telltale's made. So I wonder if those games doing well has maybe taken some of the wind out of their sails. Maybe. <laughs> It's possible. They still have the bigger licenses, though. Like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is a bigger license than King's Quest. 
Yeah, definitely. As sad as that is. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I have no interest in playing that game, though. Uh, yeah, but I also just don't really like Telltale. That's... that's yeah. Uh, BlizzCon happened. Yes, Lots it of did. Lots shit happened. Uh, Blizzard, remember last year, Blizzard sent cease and desist to all those people running the custom servers for World of Warcraft that, you know, made it like the original game? Yes. Well, yep. there was a reason for that. It's because they're doing their own. Well, there's a surprise. World of Warcraft classic. Um, there's a new character coming to Overwatch. She looks kind of terrible, but hey, that's, you know, it's new characters. Overwatch is still a great game, so. Yeah. Uh, there's also a new map coming to Overwatch, which is going to be, it's basically like Disney World, or Disneyland, but for Blizzard. So it's okay. Like a big kind of theme park that has a bunch of sections that are all structured based on different Blizzard games. Alright. So like a World of Warcraft area, there's a Starcraft area, there's a Heroes of Storm area. Hopefully there's a Blackthorn area, that'd be pretty good. An area that you walk through and you shoot all your guns backwards. <laughs> They should make a new Blackthorn game. Uh, and then most importantly, Muse played at BlizzCon, which is always great. Yes! Muse are great. Objectively. Um, I, I don't know, whatever, I like Muse. Um, that, yeah, that was a... <laughs> was there any particular reason why they played at BlizzCon? Or? I don't know, it's a weird one. Cause Blizz, Blizzard always have big bands playing at BlizzCon. Like, right. Linkin Park played one year. Uh... Linkin Park is the only one I can remember. But they always have right. like, a big band there to close out BlizzCon. But Muse is probably the biggest of them. They, right. Like, yeah, they had Dead Mouse one year as well. Uh, Dead Mouse might be them. But like, Muse are that weird thing where they make way more money than you probably think. You know, they're way more successful than rock bands tend to be in this modern age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, it's weird, but whatever. They showed up and they played a gig at yeah, BlizzCon. Hey, Blizzard you're a band, you show up. Yeah. As it turns out, you're... do you also make a lot of money? World of Warcraft. Do you also make a lot of money? Overwatch. Yeah. Oh, they also made um, StarCraft 2 free-to-play. don't know if you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They made StarCraft 2 free-to-play, so the multiplayer is entirely free-to-play. The... Co-op, co-op mode is free to play up till level 5 for each of the commanders and the story campaign is free to play but only for the first of the three campaigns so the uh, Wings of Liberty one yep, right. you paid for a base Starcraft 2 but never bought any of the expansions you get the second campaign for free instead so if you bought Wings of Liberty you will get the Heart of the Swarm campaign to play through which I think is a right, neat cool. little thing um, that's good. Like I've been nagging one of my friends to buy StarCraft, like the latest expansion for a while, to play co-op with him, and now we can just play co-op anyway. So, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, we also like again tons of shit happened while we were on you know break. We chose the worst time to go on holiday, apparently. Yes, apparently as, so. As Mike secretly went off to Paris, coincidentally, Sony announced a bunch of stuff in Paris. Yes, yeah. supposedly. Um, yeah, 
I think the biggest thing to come out of that is probably the the Splunky Two announcement. No. Uh, no. Oh man, Splunky no. so good though. Uh, I'm looking forward to Splunky Two. But yeah, the biggest thing for us probably was Ghosts of Tsushima, which yep. is the new yep. uh new game by Sucker Punch, the infamous developers. They didn't really yep. show much of it. It was just the kind of CG trailer, or probably an engine trailer, knowing how pretty their games are. Um, of a samurai murdering dudes. He throws a smoke grenade at a horse and then stabs the guy that's on the horse. That's that's a pretty fucked up thing to do. Yep. But, yeah. Samurai do fucked up things, apparently. Uh, and they, they showed like a bunch of other stuff. Like, we're not going to go through all of it, but, you know, Guacamelee 2 got announced. Uh, local Roku cool. 2 is coming to PS4. Uh, uh, no, no, no more local Roku. Local Roku. I don't think I ever played local Roku. That was the bane of my existence. <laughs> there was a really cool live action game that they showed, like an FMV game called Erica. Um, this looks kind of like um, Heavy Rainish, where you're kind of choosing or like until dawnish i guess if i want to compare it to a good game instead um we are making choices and it's progressing the game but it's all fmv i'm always on board for good fmv games because there's not a lot of them i'm not going to buy night trap again 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 i don't think i've ever <laughs> actually bought night trap now that i think about it no one of the few games i've never bought Phantasmagoria? Uh, I think I do have Phantasmagoria. I don't think I've got the second one, though. Right. No. That, those games are bad. <laughs> the Phantasmagoria games are a special kind of bad. Uh, yeah, but... They're fun. If it wasn't, yeah, I was going to say, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have... I don't know. <laughs> we wouldn't have... Night Trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what they did to us. Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of all I've got for news. There was a bunch of other stuff, but... I've got one to chuck in that just got kind of broken about an hour ago. Uh, EA are buying Titanfall developer Respawn. Oh, that's worrying. A week or two after they shut down Visceral. Yeah, that's one we didn't mention. They shut down Visceral, which... I mean... Isn't that surprising? The last game... The last two games they did before... The last two games they did were, you know, Battlefield Hardline and uh, Dead Space 3, both of which didn't sell very well and weren't very good games. And they've been working on that Star Wars game for a while now, and it sounds like that game was yeah. not going yeah. well. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I just I find that kind of interesting um, tweet that Jason Strayford sent out. His first right of refusal per documentation that apparently was sent to Kotaku on the sale of Respawn. Uh, EA shuts down Visceral. EA announces it's bought Respawn. Yeah, well, if they first right of refusal, I guess that means that Respawn were looking to get bought anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. in itself they were. is a slightly worrying thing, given you know Titanfall 2 didn't sell very well, which is annoying yes. because Titanfall 2 was so goddamn good. Table 2 is like one of the best first person shooters that has come out in years. Oh yeah, easily. And it bombed. I think it was off, off the back of Titanfall 1 just not being that great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh wow, they 
Yeah, it sounds like they bought them for, it says, as much as $455 million. Jeez. Wow. That's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. $350 million in cash and stock, plus a possible bonus of $140 million. Wow. A lot of money. But also... Uh, yeah, that's a worrying thing. Like apparently, EA outbid the South Korean publisher Nexon, which publishes the Titanfall mobile game. So they were bidding for Respawn. That makes sense. So the two yep. publishers that have been involved. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Like the Respawn were trying to sell anyway, and then yeah, yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, yeah, Respawn apparently will also receive bonuses tied to Metacritic scores for both its upcoming Star Wars game and Titanfall 3 game. I'm looking forward to seeing what their Star Wars game is, and I hope it does well for them, because, you know, you, you, when you're answering to a boss like EA, you need to give results. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> when you're not oh, just answering to yourselves anymore. Yeah. Like, I think people are a bit harsh on EA, usually, for the, like, you know, the the joke of they just shut down studios kind of thing because they tend to shut down studios that have been releasing you know duds after duds for they usually give them two or three chances yep yep so hopefully respawn nailed those chances yeah um you know yeah we do give them a bit of grief but see if they didn't do this they probably wouldn't be around yeah yep yeah, like they, they kind of like when you think about it, what do EA have outside of like the sports games and now Star Wars Battlefront? Ah, uh-huh. like they don't release yeah. a lot of stuff every year anymore. Like the EA of even last generation that was bringing out you know Dead Spaces and uh, Mirror's Edge and stuff like that and Skate. Yeah, they, they don't do those anymore. They don't do no. band anymore. They don't do. Yeah. No, they seem to be very focused on what is consistently year on year making them money. Yeah, like big companies and that, like that need to be safer than ever now, which is um, you know, in yeah. EA's case, that is selling a lot of coins on Ultimate Teams for sports games. <laughs> selling loot boxes in Battlefront. Yeah, loot boxes in Battlefront and selling lots and lots and lots of stuff for uh, Ultimate Team because I know people that sink a lot of money into that no matter what game it is. Yeah, but not making Switch games. Except that one FIFA one. Which wasn't very good. Yeah, well I heard it was alright. It was just, it was missing a couple it was missing the story mode was the main thing. But apparently it was a pretty decent version of FIFA so that. Um, Yeah, I don't have any more news. Should we go into Nope, me either. Cool. Um, so there is quite a lot of new releases coming out. Um, by the time you're listening to this, there would have been a shitload of stuff mm-hmm. um, coming out. Yeah. I'll just mention a couple of the things that's already come out, and we can chop in if you want. Um, the uh, new uh, 2018 Football Manager would have been coming out. Um, there would have been a Sims 4 Cats and Dogs. Uh, Doom for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. Doom for Switch is a bunch of reviews of that are out now. Um, right. At the time of recording, the game is not out, but it will be soon. Uh, yes. The yeah. reviews are out, and they are very positive. There's apparently a very good port of Doom. Yeah. So, yeah, good. 
Um, it just, you know, it cements that the the Switch has done well and it's going to be here for a little while, which yeah, is a good like, thing. I hope that sells well and that Bethesda bring their stuff to Switch going forward. Yeah. yeah. So. Evil Within 2 would be pretty good on Switch. Yep. So, uh, looking at weekending the 17th of November, a um, whole load of things coming out. On the Tuesday, the 14th, we've got Cartoon Network Battle Crashes for the Switch, which I think that has all been, it's been out on other platforms. This is just the Switch version so, yeah. coming. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's out on PS4. Yep. Um, one that's, I'm still, I don't know about this. Uh, we spoke about it before as well, which is the new version of uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah. So it's coming out for the uh, PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, and the HTC Vive of all things as well. Weirdly, the Vive version is like a, a specific, tailor-made sections. It's not like the whole game. Right. So um, it's not ah yeah because yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, it'd be weird. Be quite yeah. Uh, yeah, but also be quite impressive. Um, and also the Switch game they announced last week. The Switch game will require a download alongside the cartridge. Yes. Play, yeah. Which is annoying because they're already charging it's like fifty four ninety nine for the cartridge and yes. they're not using the big cartridge. Like Nintendo make cartridges big enough to fit that game on. Right. So they're specifically going for the cheaper cartridge that Nintendo sell and still right. charging a shitload of money for a poor of a decade well not decade but you know an old game yes yeah no i know what you yeah mean, yeah yeah but um yeah it's i don't know there's a the short answer mm. <laughs> um also coming up for the switch is a monster jam crush it i have no idea what that is don't i'm, uh, to I'm not not too sure oh it's a monster <laughs> nope I feel yeah. like 40% uh, of the time to 60% of the time that I, you know, search things that you list off in this, it is usually hentai. But Monster yeah, Jam... It normally is, is, yeah. Sorry. No, um, no. Yeah. It's just Monster Trucks. <laughs> that would just be gross. Monster Jam. Hentai called Monster Jam. Let me tell you about uh, hentai. There's a lot of <laughs> monsters in it. <laughs> and they produce a lot of jam. And with that, I'm I'm leaving. Bye. Uh, we've also got a, a looks like a, a redo of a, the Blob coming up for PS4 and Xbox One. I might pick up. I like that game. Cool. Um, Road Rage for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One from Maximum Games. I'm not. Don't know if that's the original Road Rage or. Oh no, I'm thinking of Road Rash. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, I believe this is a game that is trying to be similar to Road Rash, though. Ah, right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but I right. think this has been on early access on Steam for a while. So right. I'm pretty okay. sure if it's the game I'm thinking of, it is kind of trying to be a modern 3D Road Rash. Right. It looks alright. Oh, okay. Um, and then we've got the uh, quite a few big games coming in. Uh, we've got Ashes Cricket if you're into that sort of thing for the PS4 and Xbox One. But coming on the 17th of November for PC, PS4, and Xbox One is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes, nice, that's gonna be good. I'm interested, yeah, very, that. very interested. I haven't pre ordered it. Um, I think I'll wait and see. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna buy it until the price goes down a bit. But I yeah, yeah, I'm. I think I'm comfortable with that as well. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how the campaign is because yeah. they seem to be bigging it up quite a bit. See if the campaign, if the campaign is worth it, I will then buy the game full price. There is not much of a campaign from what I know. Right. Wait and see. Yeah, I mean they've been um, they've been trying to make it sound like there's a proper campaign this time. Yeah, like, you know they yeah. hired notable actors and actresses and stuff like that to play Exa- characters. Yes. And there's yeah. a story of some kind. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, there is a few other games coming out as well. There's a the I think this must be a box version of Batman: The Telltale series, season one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, expensive. And that that's coming out to the Switch. That is expensive, and I will skip it. Yeah, I I don't think that was their best work. No, I, I've heard good things about it. Apparently, it does quite. All oh, right, I I played the first the, the the first episode, and I believe that's the weakest as well. Yeah, it usually yeah. Games. yeah, true. Um, yeah, I've not I've not uh, played it. I've just heard that apparently it does some interesting things. Like it's a a weird take on Batman. It's not just the usual origin story, usual characters. Right. Cool. Um, Game for Kieran. Uh, Demon Gaze 2 is coming out for the PS4 and the PlayStation Vita from NIS America. That first game is not very good. And then a Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 is coming out for PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, it's a Lego, it's a Lego game. It's weird that they called uh, it Lego Marvel Superheroes Two when they've made like four Lego Marvel games at this point. I know, I know. It's but Super very Heroes strange. 2. Yes, yeah. So, alright, uh, and then uh, Paul, one for you. Uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is coming out for the 3DS. Yeah, I will probably end up buying that. Uh, yeah, I, I might. I don't know. Um, and then we've got uh, two games for the Switch. We've got Rhyme and The Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Yep. I am interested in seeing how Rhyme performs. Right. Okay. Like, um, frame rate and stuff because that game was a bit iffy frame rate wise on PS4. And right. I like it's a it's kind of. Uh, you know, kind of pretty kind of puzzle game with some light platforming and stuff like that in it. Uh-huh. And I really want it. And I was like, I'm going to wait for the Switch version. And then, you know, it came out on PS4 and apparently didn't run super well. And I was like, this Switch version might be really unplayable, <laughs> depending on how yeah. they do it. It's been delayed yeah. for such a long time. Hopefully they managed to, you know, get the performance up to snuff in that time. Yes. Because yeah. I will definitely be picking that one up if, you know, it turns out that it's a good version of that game. Cool. Skyrim, I mean, whatever, fuck it, Skyrim. You've played Skyrim. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, uh, moving swiftly on, The Sims 4 is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Bizarre. If you're a Sims fan, great. If you're a Sims not, fan, you played The Sims 4 six years ago when it came out. Yeah, I was, yeah that's <laughs> the other thing. So, yeah, it is bizarre. Um, so, moving swiftly on. Uh, coming out for the Switch is Unbox Newbies Adventure. 
Uh, I've seen I've seen it on the Nintendo Switch storefront. Uh, yeah, it not for me. Though. I don't think. Yeah, it yeah, looks okay. Uh, it's very, it looks okay. It looks okay. It's very a which is not, you know, yeah, what I'm super into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Binding of Isaac's Afterbirth is coming to PS4. I thought that was already out. Uh, I'm not sure if it came to PS4. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's Fair on enough. Switch. Um, Cool. Uh, and again, Tricky Towers. I thought that was already out as well. Never heard of it. Oh, what was the one that we got? The the tower one no, that, on. That, that Tricky Towers. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I think this is a technical so... release of it. Ah right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and then the final thing to mention is a uh, from for the Vita and PS4 as well. The Count Lucano, which I not too sure what it is. Probably some sort of puzzly thing. Um, yeah, I think it is. it's a kind of uh, isometric. I think it's a kind of puzzly game. Yeah. Um, it's either on Switch or coming to Switch. I'm not sure. Right. Okay. Um, oh. I remember seeing it on the store. It looks alright. Cool. Excellent. Well, that's everything that we have for uh, that for weekending seventeenth November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, quite a lot of games, and then there'll be a few more. Uh, still to come as well. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff coming. Yes. I think we're kind of done almost with most of the big ones. I mean, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 comes out. Soon, yeah, yeah. Most of the other ones are like... Mm. I want to yes. play that Hidden yeah. Agenda game so... that comes out the week after. I'm going to yeah. pick that one up. That's the new one by the Until Dawn developers. Oh yes, yes. And it's one of Sony's like PlayLink games. They're you know the Jackbox style thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's a Until Dawn style thing, so you're all you know voting on decisions to make. Yeah, so, no, that'd be quite good. It looks really good. Yeah, excellent. Cool. Um, have we got any last minute news or anything we need to add? Nope. Uh, Mario Odyssey's really good. It is really good. Yes. Super, super good. Yes, so uh, I think we'll end because I'm just about to go into the final battle with Bowser. Okay. So, um, well, not no, I'm fighting some sort of weird contraption thing first, <laughs> and then then I probably need to fight Bowser. So, uh, <laughs> um, so the only thing left to do is to thank everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to podcastatglitchrygaming.com. Paul, if they want to tweet us, how do they do that? At GlitchFreeGame on Twitter. Cool. And if they want to poke us on Facebook? That's at GlitchFreeGaming on Facebook. And if they want to poke us in real life? Then find us, and please don't poke us, just say hello. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. I don't like talking to people. <laughs> he yes, doesn't. Uh... It's really hard to get him online for this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah so thanks very much for listening to our waffle uh, and we will see you again I think we're going to do a couple of more regular ones before the end of the year yeah I think so we need to figure out what we're doing at the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well this is true yeah because we've got game of the year coming up uh, we do know that we're probably going to do the board game side of that probably sometime in 2018 yeah, just because yeah just so we can play some of the games because there was a lot of games that came out um and we hadn't played them yet when we did our game of the year so we also 
board games don't start coming out in the UK till after Essen. So yes, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, delay that and then we'll we'll have a big bumper section for you as well. So I think that's it. All we need to do is say goodbye, and we will speak to everyone again next week. Then goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.